Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and its select theaters. Rated R. everybody and welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters this is katie weaver and i'm here with my co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello excited to be here as ever well good i know we i always, always like that, but it's because it's true <laughs> <laughs> i love always... doing this show so yeah. all right there's always another crime to dive into <laughs> oh well that part i don't love but yeah you know we were talking the other day about how we're we will never run out of cases. Like no, we can do the show forever, and we're never going to run out of cases. Which that bothers me a lot. But at least there is something we can do, which yeah. is you know bring some attention to some of these cases. And for that, I do really enjoy it. That means a lot to me. Yeah, you know, so for sure, agreed. Well, good. Well, before we dive into the case. How are you? How are things? Good. Really good. You know, just working, you know, Katie and I both work on psychic hotlines and today was a really busy day on my hotline and I've done, I've done 30 videos for clients yeah. today. <laughs> Whew, that's a lot. I'm just going to say that's a lot. I'm very yeah. grateful. I'm also tired. <laughs> but <laughs> tell you what, my intuition awesome. is really thin, so it's a good thing I'm reading a case tonight because I've had yeah. a lot of practice. <laughs> this is true. You, you've been way at it all day. Well, good. Well, all is well here too. Uh, oh, good. Well, I just spent a lot of time chasing down cases today. And, oh, I am on the MMIW case this week. And I got to tell you, I had about three ready. <laughs> Did you? Couldn't decide mm-hmm. which one? Couldn't decide. Yeah. I, I picked this one. Because, uh, well, you'll see why. But anyway, yeah, I have just researched my little tail off today. But anyhow, that's good. That's the work. Mm-hmm. It's important. And yes, I, it is. My, uh, my, my personal research strategy is that I have to be able to identify someone, find at least three pictures and at least three separate uh, articles, documentaries, blogs uh, about right. them. Or Facebook pages. A lot of victims' families do have a Facebook page, and those are can be a wealth of information. A Reddit so article, true. their obituary. I want to see a you know multitude of things because it's easy to get some facts mixed up in these cases. And we do uh-huh. sometimes, you know, we do sometimes. We you know they. But anyway, so I, I try to operate in the rule of threes. You know that I, I get three of everything to make sure that this is what we think. So I like that. It's very smart because it is really easy to get some bad info. Well, the hard part is so many articles mimic each other. Yeah. And so they'll mimic the same bad info over and over. That is yeah. very true. I have seen that repeatedly, especially mm-hmm. these MMIW cases because they don't get enough attention. Mm-hmm. And so you'll read four or five articles and they're basically just parroting each other. So they're not 
like actual like journalism where they're going out and getting the information on their own. So yeah. if the first article was wrong, then all of them are wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yep. Yep. the plight and then we have... of the true crime podcaster. Huh? It's true. And then we have friends and family popping up going, that's not what happened or that isn't the right. And, you know, yeah. and from the information we can find, that's what we knew. Now, I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. I have no problem being wrong and, and correcting something if it's incorrect. That's sure. totally cool. But I would rather not, you know. <laughs> right. Just rather not be wrong in the first place, things. Yeah. yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And every time once in a while we miss something and we appreciate you guys sharing it with us. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you look back on our body of work and you know, we are at I think this is our hundred and fortieth case. Wow. <laughs> Today is a, lot. a really auspicious day, actually. Because it was exactly one year ago today on the 23rd of, so today is, uh, yeah, well, yeah, on the 23rd of February that we opened this channel and we posted our first teaser and started prepping to post our first channel. So happy anniversary. Yes. Our first episode. Yeah. It was exactly one year to true. Wow. And we are at 140 episodes in that time, you guys. Yeah, pretty cool. Yep. Wow, so, love it. Yeah, loving it, loving it. So anyway, long story short, I have been way down the rabbit hole of research all day. and I do hear that. The dogs love it because I'm cuddling them, you know, mm-hmm. the whole time. They're curled up with me somewhere on my lo- the love seat or the couch or the chair or the bed or whatever. But, you know. Right. So it's been a, a quiet, researchy day here. But... Nice. I the case this week. So as you guys know, we have committed ourselves to uh, one missing uh, or murdered Indigenous woman or girl every month of this year, because there is such a huge epidemic in the U.S. of these cases, and they're not being adequately covered. They're not being adequately reported on. No. Now, our victim this week, we're talking about Aubrey Dameron, and okay. Aubrey Dameron is she falls into an even more critically dangerous category than just being a missing or just than being an, an indigenous woman, which in the United States being an indigenous woman or Canada is very dangerous all in itself. Aubrey right. is also transgender. Yes. And that adds an additional horrifying layer of uh, danger. So women of so. color, trans women of color are in critical danger every day of their lives. Yes. And so lots of layers of, uh, you know, threat to, to Aubrey's life. So yeah, I want to get down to the case and, and so that you can understand her. I have to say, this is the first time I've ever been a little disappointed in the Charlie project. The Charlie wow. project is usually fantastic. Right. In getting the information out. The reason I'm very frustrated this time with the Charlie project is that they misgendered her. Yeah. And in their description of her, they flip her uh, pronouns over and over again. Mm, so disrespectful. Not cool. Charlie no. project. Not cool. No. So if you guys are not very familiar with transgender people, and you may not be, and that's okay. So I want to give you a tiny bit of education so that you understand. So when we're referring to Aubrey as a female, 
Aubrey was born in a male body and identified as a female. And when she was a teenager, she started the transition to transition into her female self. And so that's called a male to female transition. And she had had a medical, uh, not a full medical transition, but she does have breast implants. She had gone through extensive voice training, uh, you know, and you can see in the pictures, uh, she's obviously been on hormone therapy for years because, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, she's, she's got very feminine traits. So Mm -hmm. anyway, if you're not familiar, that's, that's why. And so when we call Aubrey, she, that's because that is the pronoun that she preferred. That is the gender that she identified with. It gets confusing sometimes. And I know that people are afraid of screwing this up, you know, and and you don't want to mess it up. You don't, but it's, you know, I want to make sure you guys understand what we're talking about because it is, I think if you're not familiar, if you don't know trans people, you might not understand what the pronouns mean or how they line up. So that's how it works. So the reason that I say that the uh, Charlie Project misgendered her is because they did. They have her listed as a male. And that's really problematic. Yeah. And then again, as I said, in the uh, distinguishing characteristics and details of uh, disappearance, they flip the pronouns from he to she over and over again. So I I wish that was not the case. Yeah. Me too. Me too feels yeah. like a, a letter to the Charlie project is in order. Yeah. I just, yeah, that's problematic to me, really problematic. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, however, the Charlie project in general does fantastic work and I don't want to drag them, but this is one instance that I, I think things could definitely be done a little better, but mm, sounds like they need some education. Yeah. I wondered, I wondered. So that's where it is at. Now they do share Aubrey's former name, which I think could be important if this person was actually, you know, missing somewhere. Uh, and her former name is Austin Dylan Joel Dameron. Okay. Again, it's important she's... to note that the only reason that we share that is because it could be important to the case. Right. Because that normally, is called, that's dead yeah. naming someone who is trans and normally you would never yeah. do that. But in a situation no. like that, I do feel it's important to know both names yeah. considering that this person is, is missing, mi- missing. Yeah. 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 I, I guess missing. <laughs> Cause I, well, we'll get there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so that's who our Aubrey is. So, all right. So she went missing from Oklahoma. So she actually went by the nickname Shorty. She had Shorty tattooed on herself. And <laughs> I guess everybody in her family always had called her Shorty. And she went mm-hmm. by that name. But uh, on March 13th, 2019, at about 3.30 a.m., she left the house. Apparently, she had been messaging friends on Facebook, asking them to come and get her. No one actually responded to those messages. But she left the house. Her mother said that she was wearing all black. She had on a black jacket, a black skirt, a black top, tights, and boots. And when her mother asked where she was going at 3.30 in the morning, she said she was going out to meet someone. Her cell phone pinged near her home about 3.42 a.m. and then was either shut off or died but wasn't ever turned back on. And that was it. She was never seen or heard from again. Hmm. So she is a member of the Cherokee Nation and again lived lived in Oklahoma. 
Mm-hmm. She'd been through some really tumultuous stuff. She had moved and moved in with her boyfriend for a little while. And with the boyfriend turned out to be quite abusive. And her family convinced her to move back home uh, just about eight months before she disappeared. So she, when she came back home, she was really struggling with substance abuse issues. And her family had helped her to get into some rehab um, her aunt and uncle that speak uh, for her mostly and have worked really hard on her behalf, they uh, were really worried about her moving back home with her mom and her stepdad because they both uh, were meth addicts. And so oh. there's a lot of substance abuse in this family, uh, you know, a lot of issues. But at any rate, so her aunt and uncle say that sometime around Christmas, her connection to them on social media got really scammed. She mostly wasn't posting and she had been posting tons of selfies and, you know, communicating with them often. And that just got really scant. And they had been worried about her, about what was going on with her. Was, was she using again? What was happening? And then about a week before she died, there was a, an incident with her stepdad they had a physical altercation and she actually had charges oh a few weeks before she died she actually Mm. had charges of assault and battery against her and then they were dropped on march 1st so sounds like things were pretty tumultuous Mm -hmm. in the home yeah so at any rate she disappears and they don't have a clue where she's at like just vanishes she leaves her purse at home. She leaves her medication at home, which is really important because she was on hormone therapy, but she was also an epileptic oh. that had, uh, yeah, that had, was on, you know, medication for seizures daily that she did not right. take with her. And that really had her family worried because obviously she needed that medication. Right. So there was lots of looking, checking with people she knew. Uh, there was just no indication of where she went at all. It's like she just vanished into the night and nobody had a clue where she had gone. So something really weird happened right around March 12th, the day before she disappeared. Mm-hmm. On March 12th, some woman that was a friend of Aubrey's named Danette Roth Robotham called Aubrey's ex-boyfriend Jay who had since he's moved to Colorado he doesn't live around here anymore this is the boyfriend she'd been living with she told him that Aubrey was being held against her will in Ketchum Oklahoma Mm. for drug money that she owed and that if he didn't help Danette come up with the money that they were going to kill her so after she disappears Jay talks to law enforcement about this. So they go run Danette down. And as it turns out, uh, and, and Jay sent her a bunch of money. As it turns out, this was a hoax on Danette's part. And mm-hmm. she was charged with extortion. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it really kind of obstructed with the case, but it wasn't actually applicable. She was just trying to get some money out of the sky. Yeah. So it's just such a, it's one of those yet again cases where somebody just 
vanishes. Mm -hmm. And one thing with this case, though, because as usual, it gets very confusing between who has jurisdiction and who is searching for her and who's covering this case and, you know, all the law enforcement issues that we've discussed in cases past. Right. Well, was this, did she disappear from a reservation? You know, I actually don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. I wasn't clear on that when I read about this case. Looks like the Cherokee Marshals are involved. Mm -hmm. She disappeared from Grove, Oklahoma. So I don't know if Grove is on the res or not. Okay. But it could be. But yeah, the the Cherokee Marshals are involved. Uh, So are law enforcement. It took a little time to get them all in, but they were. So one of the things that really frustrated her family, particularly the aunt and uncle, were that uh, trying to get all this interagency support was a real challenge. Right. And so they actually got a state representative to help them or, or a local representative to help them to write a bill called the Aubrey Act Alert. So the Aubrey Act Alert is designed to be an alert system, an interagency alert system in Oklahoma, so that when someone, uh, an indigenous person disappears or, you know, it's kind of like an amber alert for the indigenous uh, communities, so that all agencies in the state are notified at the same time. Nice. So that everyone gets on board. In Idaho, big time. Every state needs that, right? And and every yes. municipality needs that. Well, unfortunately, it was uh, Daniel Pay uh, officially filed it into, it's called uh, HB 1790. So mm-hmm. he filed that on January 20th of this year into mm-hmm. the Oklahoma uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of support for the bill. But they received word just here in the last couple of weeks that they don't have enough support for the bill to get it passed unless they change the name. Because there are a lot of very conservative representatives in Oklahoma that aren't willing to allow it to have the name of a transgender girl. Oh, my God. So it can't be like we're in Idaho again. Yep. So stupid. Yep, can't be the Aubrey's alert bill. They'll have to change the name of it, and then they may reconsider. So her family is very devastated and frustrated over the whole process. And this is a bill that needs to pass. This is an alert system that needs to happen. But they're discriminating against a missing, possibly murdered woman because she's transgender and won't pass a bill that could help their whole state and help with the entire MMIW issue in their state. And it's just disgusting. Oklahoma, get a clue. Ridiculous. Get it together. Huge props to her family for working on legislation and pushing for better. I, they, you know, even though I know their bill hasn't passed yet, I have some hope that it still will and that they can still keep their name too and, you know, get it through so that they can get some better help in their state for MMIW victims. So, Anyway, that's so that's everything we know. So let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, Christy, I'm going to ask you to just do a psychic reading on this case and decide what do you think happened to Aubrey? Okay. 
Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving and I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always a package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean and let's break your patterns. All right, we are back. So of course we are discussing the case of Aubrey Dameron. Christy, what do you think? Okay, so... Aubrey was really struggling and feeling alone and feeling like she didn't have a lot of support. I do feel that Aubrey was active on some kind of dating site like Grindr or something like that. And when none of her friends responded at 3.30 in the morning, she just was really mentally not in a good place. She hooked up with somebody that she didn't know. Somebody from this dating app. And I do feel that she met them, uh, in person. Um, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I do feel that this person did not know that she was trans. And when she said that she was, I do feel that they killed her. I I don't feel that this has anything to do with her being MMIW. I feel like it has everything to do with her being trans. Yeah. And that just makes me sick. But I do feel that when she met this person in their conversations that she did, you know, explain that she is trans and this person uh, committed a hate crime and murdered her. I do feel they put her in their car and they drove a long ways away, like into a different state a long ways away before they disposed of her body. I do feel she's buried and that she's buried like in a, wooded area but it's not in Oklahoma it's in another state surrounding Oklahoma uh there's no connection to her other than through that app I don't know if they searched her phone or if they ever found her phone maybe they didn't didn't find her her phone no and this is not a person she'd ever met before so they don't know this person's name there's no connection and her body was transported across state lines to another place where I'm sorry to say, I don't feel that they will ever find her. I don't feel that she will ever be found or identified. I do feel that she died the night she disappeared. I don't feel that she was held or that she ran away or any of those kinds of things. I do feel that she was, she was killed that same night. And uh, I just want to say, I'm so sorry to her family for this loss. Because she was a beautiful person. This was not Mm -hmm. right. 
She was, many family members have uh, said that she was their rock, mm -hmm. that she was their best example. Um, when she came out as a teenager, she came out first as gay and then as trans. And the church that her family worshipped at uh, banned her from returning. Mm -hmm. And yet she remained to be, you know, remained, in her family's words, an extremely kind and generous person that would support you, would give you the shirt off her back if she could, and was, you know, an example of the way you treat other people, regardless of how people treated her. I mean, yeah. imagine coming out and transitioning in a town of 7,000 in Oklahoma. I, I cannot imagine. Uh, Aubrey yeah. was very brave, clearly yeah. very brave to be herself in spite mm -hmm. of in spite of in spite of a lot of discrimination yep. yeah absolutely yep. so this is why we do what we do right to continue to put alerts on these cases to continue to keep that energy high you know in this case just maybe that fool will tell somebody about it someday that tells somebody else right. it's probably the only chance we have because I feel like the police will find no connection because there wasn't yeah. one before that night. Yeah, this is a really hard one. But also, if you live in Oklahoma, contact your representatives like yes. now. Tell yeah. them you want Aubrey's bill to pass and you want it, Aubrey's alert bill to pass and that you want it to pass in its written form. Yeah. We're done messing around. We're done discriminating. We are going to pass this bill. We are going to help the MMIW population of Oklahoma, and we're going to quit being stupid about it. Yeah. You know, oh, they, yeah. trans population, obviously, as well. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All righty. Well, and hopefully that bill can be a springboard for other states to yes. also, you know, pass better legislation that helps with this very thing. The interagency alerts is huge. That's a huge step. It is, and clearly, that's so important because often. In these cases, maybe the crime was committed on a reservation. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe the person was transported. You know, yeah. just because something started in one place doesn't mean it ends in that place. And so right. for all um, law enforcement agencies to be notified at the same time, to be looking for, just like the Amber Alerts do, you know, you're looking mm -hmm. for this car with this license plate. This person's description is this, you know, those kinds of things. I can't imagine the, the yeah. difference that that would make. Huge, yep. huge. Absolutely. Yep. All righty. Well, that is it for this episode. So thank you very much for reading that. And thanks you guys for being here with us. Now, Absolutely. remember, we do have always have new cases on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. We have a live show on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. here on YouTube. That is our case updates. And then another live show at 7 p.m. on Thursdays psychic hours so we have lots more yeah. to come this week thank sure you so is. much for being here as always like subscribe share we love your support we appreciate it very much and come mm -hmm. check out our patreon for more content we put out new stuff a couple of times a month there and yeah. we try to keep that really fun and really fresh so we'd love to see you there as well all righty you have been listening to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters take care life is complicated the last year has been so hard on sensitive people. So many uncertainties and so much heavy energy to wade through. People are working on jobs and relationships, energy work, self-development, and health. So why call me? 
Because my clients are my family, when you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack, into a place of joy, peace, clarity, and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, Professional Psychic Advisor, over at 12listen.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.